Oh, what do you want to talk about? Oh, what do you want to talk about today? I don't know. What do, what do we want to talk about, Jim? I don't know. I mean, it's uh, at some point, we should talk about video games on our podcast today. Um, a lot of people tune in wanting to hear about video games. Uh, but I hate talking about video games. Yeah. Talking about video games is the worst. Why, why would any of us want to do that? I made the mistake this week of, uh, again, I don't know why I haven't learned this by now. Don't join in with the Twitter conversation about games ever. We we had this conversation the other week. It's just not worth it. Why do I do it? You would think after fucking how many years I would know not to tell an opinion I have because you spend all week looking at people arguing with points that you didn't make. Yeah. And you're just why did I do this? Why did I put why did I subject my mentions to this when I could just be talking about music and how much fun I'm having with a different game? Welcome to the <laughs> aftermath of every Jimquisition I publish. Hey, how's about this? We won't talk about video games then cuz you know, video game opinions that's just divisive and 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 nonsense. <laughs> Here's the thing though. We can't talk about Twitter because the one of the feedback, uh, one of the bits of feedback I got last week was, "God, they complain about Twitter a lot," and yeah. I, I'm well, trying not to burst out laughing, in the with the fact that we are not even two minutes in, and we've started <laughs> off on it. Well, shall shall we talk about? Uh, I, I I did some media that wasn't video games this week that I I thought were pretty good. Uh, I I will sh- shout from the rooftops about a little bit. Just a couple quick recommendations. If you got Netflix, uh, One Day at a Time, I, I don't know if I've shouted about that on here before, it's a it's a sitcom, but it's one with a really good, uh, diverse cast that uh, ha- deals with a bunch of really serious topics in interesting ways and is really funny and, like, doesn't punch down, and it's really nice. That's, that's a show that's real good. Also, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, it's a sort of comedy musical thing that gets real, real in its last couple of seasons and, you know, doesn't go on too long that it feels... Wasted. There you go. Oh, there that, go. that delayed video games by like there's, a minute. There's this other little obscure show that's on Now TV as well that we've been watching. It's called Game of Thrones. It had a new episode this week, and uh, yeah, it was pretty good. Oh, ne- never, never, never heard of it. Is it a is it a new thing? It was like this guy kissing his aunt, and her kids were watching. It was really weird. Uh. Yeah. I did like uh, the interior decorating tips that was in that episode, though. It's given me yes. some ideas. Yes. <laughs> Uh, it was it was from the Silent Hill school of uh, yeah. home, home decor. The trouble with home renovation, though, is it costs an arm and a leg in Westeros. <laughs> you <see? laughs> Do you see the joke that I just made? I put off watching John Wick for five years because I didn't want to see a dog get hurt. That's a good movie. Yeah, I watched it this week. I literally put it off that long because... For that reason, I did not want to see a dog get hurt. On the opposite end, on the opposite end, Jim, I started playing Fortnite again today because you can pet the dogs now. Oh, that's... I thought you were going to go the other way. No, you no, no. You watched John Wick immediately because a dog got hurt. <laughs> Laura, did you find this out from the um, Can You Pet the Dog Twitter like uh, I did? No, no, I didn't, <laughs> but that is a good Twitter. Yeah, it's, it. you see, this is why we stay on Twitter because there's good Twitter stuff as well. Yeah. <laughs> As long as you don't discuss certain things. <laughs> On the topic of, like, you know, avoiding media where the dog gets hurt, great website for, like, if you have specific things in media that you're like, ooh, really, really don't fancy that, is uh, Does the Dog Die? Uh, I believe it's doesthedogdie.com or some. It's it basically Does the Dog Die. And it's a website that's a bunch of things like, hey, does this bad thing happen? Yes or no? No other spoilers if you just want to know for a film. 
can I go into this film without seeing this happen? That's pretty handy, actually. It is handy. Yeah. If, 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 if you don't want big spoilers, but you're just like, can, can I avoid dead dogs, for example? My fiance loves watching like murder mysteries and stuff. And uh, I just can't deal with those. I can't deal with anything that is person-on-person violence or torture or... You don't like the mystery aspect. You want swift justice now. No, it's nothing to do with that. It's just I start getting into an existential crisis about how fucking Mm. awful we are. Yeah. Yeah, I'm talking about these real-life documentaries about murderers and stuff. I just can't Uh, watch them. Oh, yeah. That's fair. I love those, though. I can't get enough. The, The Netflix true crime stuff, I can't get fucking enough of it. I am oddly fascinated by true crime stuff. It's... I can't it's... watch that. <laughs> I watched that, um, was it Abducted in Plain Sight? Oh, that. That one is so fucked up. See, the thing about that one is that you know who who did it within like There's no mystery, four yeah. minutes. Within four minutes, you know who did it. And you're like, so wait, where's the other hour and a half of this going? And then it says, sit right there. I've got some shit to show you. Yeah, just just when you, like, every time that it's like, this seems like it's the ending. How is there more? Yeah. Oh. I, I That one is just, like, oh, you need all of the content warnings in the world before you get into yeah. it. It is disturbing and frustrating to watch in a way as well because of uh, just how exasperating the, the story gets. And it's yeah. very disturbing elements in it as well. But you get halfway through and you're like, the fucking audacity. How does someone, how is someone that audacious? It's unbelievable. But yeah, I watch a lot of the the documentary stuff. I watched the Ted Bundy one. That's, oh. they might as well have just called it How Fuckables, How Fuckable is Ted? Because that's what most of the show is about. How, how, fu- how fuckable does a man have to be before he can get away with killing people? Yeah. All they talk about The number of times he broke out of places In like just really simple ways Is kind of ridiculous They just left him alone in a courtroom He jumped out the second story window He was like oh there we go I'm out I'm out just jumped out a window yeah Uh, So I double checked It is doesthedogdie.com And it goes everything from like Does a dog die To things like LGBT people Do they get hurt and injured and harassed Do you not want to see that It's It's a good thing uh, other recommendation I have, just while I'm on, like, good websites for media enjoyment, uh, that Avengers movie's coming out soon, and that's, like, three hours long. Oh, yeah. There is a there is a great website called whencanip.com. <laughs> oh, yeah. that Now, that is a useful... Uh... Yeah. That is... Yeah. There's, there's an app as well, and it's just as spoiler light as it can be, like... Here is a good point in the film where if you see this happening, you can probably run to go pee and you won't miss anything too important. I wish they would just fucking bring back intermissions. Why won't they just bring back intermissions? But for a three-hour film, fucking hell yes. Like, a three-hour film needs an intermission. I remember sitting through, like, the Lord, Lord of the Rings films. I went to see each of those a bunch of times in the cinema. And, like, you really had to pick your moments. Usually, right, after a big action scene is a great time because that's when something boring is usually going to happen. Well, the, the alternative is you you go to the cinema with someone else and go, okay, just tell me if anything good happens and then just yeah. whisper it back and forth. Basically, you go to the toilet when there's plot development, character building, talking, all the boring shit, and you come back <laughs> just in time for something to explode. Yeah, if something's not blowing up, go piss. I swear, if I try and watch that film in one long chunk, something will fucking explode. <laughs> <laughs> 
Or if you're watching Game of Thrones, it's every time Sam and Gilly are on. <laughs> ah, uh, I, I double checked. It's the Run P app. Uh-huh. So R U N P E. That's actually a brilliant idea. Should have called it Run PMC. Uh, it, it'll even just like if you get that app on your phone, it'll do a little buzz in your pocket to be like, "Now's the time you can go pee if you want." I was gonna say that. That's what they should do. I'm glad they did yeah. that. Like you said it when the move is starting, and then it can like vibrate in your pocket, and you're like, "Oh right, okay." time for a slash it's great because it's stuff like um it'll tell you how far in so it's like oh this is an example i don't know what film it's from it's like an hour and 18 minutes in you'll have a four minute gap that you can run and pee this character will say i have a cabin to finish no context for what that is it'll tell you it's a great pee time because no action or plot happens like that's 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 a good synopsis yeah and don't spoil it for people. Yeah. Don't spoil the bit where Nathan Drake comes in and beats up Thanos while Bernie Sanders distracts him. It's The spoilers are already out there. We know that Ant-Man's going to jump up Thanos' ass and explode him from the inside. We know it's going to happen. I love Josh Brolin's <laughs> response to that. <laughs> uh, I... I've been enjoying watching the actors to that try and be really tight-lipped. Uh, the guy who plays Black Panther was at um, some red carpet event and people kept being like but but surely your character comes back because there's a black panther 2 happening and he's just like my character is dead my character is dead and that's all he would say and i was like this this is amusing this is like watching wrestlers trying to maintain kayfabe in like 2019 like trying to crack on that it like all the plot lines are, are real while at the same time their twitter account is Spoil like they're like I'm out with an injury, and then they tweet themselves like literally wrestling that day. <laughs> when when you consider how many people are involved in these projects, it's crazy impressive how nothing from Endgame or Game of Thrones has leaked out. Well, uh, you you say that five minutes of Endgame footage is floating around. I, oh, I, I know, but even at this point, I mean, those NDAs must have like death penalties on them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I. I am surprised that we haven't seen worse leaks than a very poor quality cam rip of some weird out of context shots. Apparently, do but, uh... you remember when when Half Blood Prince first came out? Fucking oh god, the yeah. Snape Dumbledore affair. That mm-hmm. was a grim time for spoilers. I wasn't watching them films at that time. I found the whole thing bemusing. It, the, the worst thing was for people who were camping out for the books because there were people who found out basically because bookshop employees had to skim through the books before they were meant to go on sale. Yeah. And people were like driving past midnight queues for people who were like desperate to get the book and just shouting the spoiler at people. Oh, I saw him. I, I, I didn't see that, but I, I worked at the, the cab office at the time and I, um, I was walking home. And outside the WH Smith, just a huge fucking line in the middle of Elton. Just not not an important place. Just just a shitty little high street in southeast London. Just a long-ass queue down the road. Yeah. People wanting to get their book to see what happened with the wizards. See what they got up to. To, to avoid getting spoiled. Yeah. Oh, dearie me. Uh, it's, it's, it's a palaver, isn't it? Spoilers everywhere. Yeah. It's a weird thing because the more people spoil the more antsy and annoyed people get about spoiling yeah which makes the people who spoil want to do it more which makes the yeah. other people more antsy and then it just becomes a big spoil ball i think it's just safe to say if you're very invested in um in 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 avengers and stuff just 
It's a good idea to stay off the old social media until you've seen it. You have to, yeah. I know last week I was talking about how I put off playing The Missing because it got spoiled for me, but, like, in general, I actually don't mind knowing spoilers. Like, The Missing was a very specific use case, but most of the time if I find out a spoiler, like, honestly what it does for me is I... I don't spend the whole piece of media being nervous about what's going to happen. It's like, oh, okay, I know what's going to happen. I can just enjoy the ride to get there. I think it very much depends on the on the the piece of entertainment and your relationship yeah. with it. Like, I I have looked up Game of Thrones spoilers before because I didn't want the stress of knowing, of not knowing if that character was going to die in this episode. Like, there was a certain at at the end of season four that I looked up the spoiler for because I just didn't want to deal with the emotional stress of it. <laughs> yeah. There was a season of Orange is the New Black, and I think it was season four. It's whichever one that the, the, the women temporarily had control of the prison and were trying to make their demands heard. And I got to, like, the last episode of that season, I was like, I know this is all going to fall apart and I can't bear to watch it because they're so close to getting some actual prison reform and having their lives not be shit. Yeah. And I'm like... I couldn't bring myself to watch it, so I went and read the ending and was like, okay, I know how this episode ends. I will watch it at some point, but sometimes it's just like, I just needed to know what to what to brace for. The end of the previous season to that was fucking devastating as well. Yeah. Fun fact on, on that note, though, is that uh, I actually invented Netflix. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're all very welcome. I thought it's finally time to reveal that on the show. Uh, I am Jim Sterling, the inventor of Netflix. I just, I woke up one morning. It was a Wednesday morning. Um, was it June 2017? And I thought to myself, you know what? There should be Netflix. And then I, I, I phoned up the internet and said, oi, there should be Netflix. And they went, we'll get right on that, sir. Hey, Jim, Jim, if you if you invented Netflix, um, because I'm a because I'm a, a friend, obviously, can, oh, can yeah. I get my like seven quid a month back or whatever it is? You know, fr- friends, friends discount. My dear friend, it's already yours. <gasps> That's what you tell people when they ask you for things. You just say, it's already yours, and then you walk away, having resolved <laughs> nothing. <laughs> oh, oh, goodness. Goodness me. Do we want to talk about some video games? Yeah, I can't talk about Days Gone yet. I can say I've I can say I've got it. I can't say anything else. I also can't say anything about it other than... Yeah, day's gone. Yeah. Yeah. I have another zombie game I can talk about today on this what, week's what, great what, show. What, what zombie one can you talk about? World War Z. The most timely video game in the world. I was going to say, like, have they released anything new World War Z to tie this into? Or is it just a weird late tie-in? Not that I know of. Um, it's It's not based on the book. It's based on the film. Which was not based on the book. Yeah. Um, it just took the name because of brand recognition. Um, it's based on a years old film, and the gameplay is stolen from an 11 year old game. <laughs> it's the least timely game in the world. But if you want a third person left for dead, and it's literally just left for dead. Uh, right down to the special infected behaving in exactly the same way, then that's a game for you. Um, it's actually quite fun. Is it made by the same people? No, no. It's, no, it's, okay, okay. It's um, published by Focus, so you know you're not going to get anything oh. fancy. Um, doesn't look spectacular. Interesting idea, but janky around the edges is all Focus. It's janky. <laughs> it's very broken. 
Um, on PS4, at least, the game's crashed. That's basically just every time I've stopped playing is because of a crash. I've never just turned the game off after having played enough. I've always stopped playing because it's crashed. Um, it, it came out yesterday at the time of recording. Today, I played it and actually for the first time managed to play a few consecutive levels, which hasn't happened before. Um, usually either disconnects or crashes or, uh, say, uh, an important NPC who's supposed to trigger the next part of the mission doesn't move. Or one of the player characters, one of you, uh, one of the team, ends up on the wrong side of a wall and can't get back to us. Um, it's an incredibly broken game, which is a shame because it's a competent Left 4 Dead ripoff, and the swarm mechanics are actually really fun. The zombies, being based off the World War Z movie, throw themselves at you, and create giant pyramids to pile up on and climb up walls and you've just got to fire down and, and keep the pyramid down that's cool it's actually quite fun to fight the zombies um just with the way they just fall off this off, off of rooftops and land in front of you and stuff it's just getting to that is is a fight you've got to fight the game to get to the gameplay um probably do a impressions of it I don't know tomorrow or something, I guess. Might be up by the time this podcast goes out. But it's very frustrating because I really want to like it. it. It's already got an uphill struggle to justify itself being based on a film nobody liked and <laughs> copying a, a video game that hasn't been around for a decade. Um, but still a very memorable video game. So you can't hide the fact that you completely ripped it off um but as a, as far as shameless ripoffs go it is it is competent when it's competent <laughs> the actual game design is competent it's just the, the the structure and everything it's just a technical shit show really this this sounds like i i know i said this before you started talking it just sounds so focus in the uh, like focus home interactive's whole thing is interesting ideas ambitious gameplay concepts it all feels a bit rough and weird and doesn't quite work in the execution yeah. but like if it like every time i play a focus home interactive game i'm like if this game was like i would love this game if it were just made by someone slightly better yeah they're, they're in that group um there are developers like that as well like cyanide oh yeah um Spiders, I think they're just called spiders. Mm. Uh, they they do all these games that have really interesting premises and a lot of imagination going on. But unfortunately, oh by the way, so apologies if you hear banging and bashing and clattering, uh, dear listener. Um, I'm having lights fixed in here, which has been an ongoing thing. I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear anything, but if I do, I'll just you know I'll just assume you're having a yeah. you know a sexy party in the other room or something. Yeah, I'm having a sexy electrician. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, I, hope, I hope there's no one around heard that. It's, um, it's, it's a shockingly sexy party. It's a shocking, yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So any bashing, banging—that's what that is. Don't worry about it, listener. Um, <laughs> sorry in advance. But yeah, World War Z. It's. I tell you what, right? And this will get me pilloried. I somewhat like the World War Z film. Now, bear in mind, this is the same person who watches by his own admission films like Puppet Master and Tourist Trap and 
all sorts of other horrible B-movie guff when there are films like John Wick that should be watched. And instead, you're going to watch, you know, I'm going to watch Puppet Master 2 for the fifth time um, instead of new good films. Uh, so my, I have no taste when it comes to movies, <laughs> but I, 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 I liked World War Z for, for its zombies. Mm. In, in a way, they weren't that much different from the zombies in uh, Train to Busan, which is an amazing film. Mm. Um, but I, I really like their pyramids, the, the zombie pyramid thing. Zombies are such an overdone enemy that it, it is always interesting to see a take on them that goes, ah, I haven't seen that done. Yeah, yeah. And I really like, I, I find that the, the, the idea of the zombie pile mm. a lot scarier than pretty much any other zombie I've seen in media. The, the Train to Busan style, they're just a rolling hill of limbs yeah. crawling over each other. Like a, like a, it's like watching a, like water. It's just a tidal wave of I love that. Well, that's the thing. A single zombie shouldn't be a threat. It's, it's when they're a crowd that they're a problem. Yeah. Because when it's just one, you should just be able to outsmart them. They're, in, they're idiots. They're zombies. They've they got mush brains. And these ones in particular... I find so good because it re- it really highlights just how little of a fuck they give for anything outside of trying to kill people. Mm. The zombies that will hurl themselves at you and clamber over each other, um, that single-minded. It's what makes Train to Busan so good, and it's why I found World War Z somewhat memorable, is the idea of these zombies are so obsessed with just killing you. That they'll throw themselves off rooftops in the millions just to get at one person. And I find that a lot very effective and more chilling than I see in a lot of other zombie media. So yeah, yeah. I, I, people have already switched off because I said I've, I somewhat liked World War Z. I might rewatch it. I might be the only person in human history to watch World War Z twice. Oh, twice. Ooh. Oh, yeah. La-dee-da. The book's very good. I saw it on a plane, and I, all I remember is Brad Pitt looking for some reason like he was on a catwalk rather than in a movie. Yeah. If you want to see that type of swarmy zombie done in a really good film, though, Train to Busan is the one to watch. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I've been playing playing today that I can talk about finally. What the heck? I mean, I know what you've been playing. Yeah, but 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 ask in the shocked way, of course, you know. Yeah. What the flying fuck have you been playing? Uh, finally been allowed to touch that fucking game, Dreams, that no one knew what was and has been shrouded in secrecy for for fucking forever. Dreams can come true, look me, babe, I'm here with you. Is that the Make Your Own Games game? Yeah, it's it's the thing from the little ba- the, the little big planet people, Media Molecule. Um, so this game's been like really weird. I've been really curious to try it out, mainly because they've been really fucking secretive to press about this game, like. They have, they they did like a couple of betas around like December last year and around January, and they would not let press have access to that beta. Everything that was played was under heavy NDA. It, the level of secrecy over this game was one of those things where it's like, it either has to be something mind-blowingly amazingly special... Or there is something that they are a bit worried about putting into people's hands. And, uh, so 
I'm going to explain what Dreams is, because until I played it today, I didn't really entirely understand what it was, like, fully. So, it is a thing for making games in, basically. Um, at its core, it is a visual game creation toolkit that makes most of the way the stuff you do for game creation very hands-on, very visual, very drag-and-drop, uh, very simple visual tools. And then it creates basically a space for people to not only, like, play other people's games, but the thing that is kind of interesting about it, uh, theoretically, is it's really open to remixing and collaborating with other people and letting the best collaborated versions rise to the top. Um, so a really good example is if there is a... Uh, one of the things that's in... Uh, uh, one of the demos that I tried playing that someone else had already created when I jumped into Dreams was a, a recreation of the Kikiri Forest from Ocarina of Time. It's by no means a perfect recreation. There are, like, weird things that you expect to be there that aren't, and normally I would jump into a thing like that and go, okay, this is kind of nice seeing this in HD, but like, it's weird and incomplete and I'm, I'm not going to do anything with it. They do make it really easy for me as a player, if I go, you know what, I could probably build that hut that's missing, to jump in, build that that set of geometry or whatever item I want to build, yeah. and put out my version and say, hey, here's my version, I've updated it to have this. The original creator can see, oh, someone's made a version that has this, do you want to check it out? Yeah. Uh, it'll automatically like credit the original creator as well as the person who's made the additions. It does a good job of tracking this version that you're playing, these are all the people that worked together on it. To make it a big collab. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So so that's that's the interesting thing, is the, the ease with which you can jump in, play a game, go, ooh, you know what would make this better? Tweak it yourself and put out a version that's got your name as one of the collaborators. And if the community enjoys that, that version becomes the new version people are yeah. playing with. Here's my issue, though. Yeah. And it's the same problem with every single one of these games where you can make whatever you want. Yeah. Is that you can make whatever you want. And all it really boils down to is someone's going to remake Ocarina of Time with it. Well, see, this is this is the problem. So I, I will get into the actual creation side of it shortly. But um, one of my concerns about this game had been... Is the reason that they're selling it early access basically because they have no content and they're hoping that the community will make stuff worth playing before this game goes to proper launch? I have no content and I must publish. Yeah, having played some of the stuff that's on there, I think that is their concern. Um, the stuff that is on there is all very interesting from a perspective of jumping in and going, Huh! That's really interesting that they were able to make that with this tool tool set. That's a fascinating thing just from a looking at game development perspective and what this toolkit can do. It's not actually good as a game. It's a lot of tech demos that are imp impressive because of the limitations they were created under, not because they're actually impressive right. in their own right. Um, mm -hmm. So... Uh, a good example, there is a, there is a, one of the top rated creations on there right now is basically a Guitar Hero clone. It's a four button game and it's using the face buttons on the DualShock 4, which feels a little weird, but it's fine. Um, 
It currently has two songs, and those songs are, you know, totally, totally fine. They're, they're well made, it's impressive that they made a Guitar Hero in this, but it's also a case of... Uh, it's It doesn't control as well as actual Guitar Hero, and it has considerably less content, and... Like, I could... A lot of things like that I played and went, it's fascinating you made that, but do would I ever want to play this version over actual Guitar Hero? Yeah, if I want to play a rhythm game like Guitar Hero, just do I really want to just put Guitar Hero on? Yeah. Like, I can play a very... Like, there's a very good-looking HD r- remake of World 1-1 from Super Mario. Of course there is. Yeah, of course there is. But But I would never play this over the original because... There's missing features. There's, like, warp pipes don't work, and there's no coins that come out of the, uh, the, 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 the question mark blocks, and there's no mushrooms. So it's basically, if you want to play all your favourite games but worse, dreams can come true for you. <laughs> so here's, here's, on, on paper, yeah, but, like, I'm, I'm going to pull back to that point I was saying about collaboration, because I've not spent a lot of time messing around with the creation tools, it is one of those things where, like, and I don't often feel this messing around with the creation tool going, okay, they've not put they've not put the warp pipe in their World 1-1. I reckon I could do that. And having that urge of, like, could I jump in and add this thing that this person is missing? And I do think that they are really onto something with letting people step in and do the things that people have missed in their... In, in those kind of projects. But, yeah, right now it is just a bunch of... It's mostly a bunch of tech demos. Yeah. It's another game where user-generated content is the sole focus in that it is tech demos and recreations of things. Yeah. I tell you what, though, even, if, even that said, this game genuinely scares me because uh, any time a game lets me make things like be it the Forge in Halo or the Settlements in Fallout, I, I, it just eats my life. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I find that so incredibly addictive. Here's the thing. Like, t- talking about just the creation tools, like, uh, if you get into these tools, like, you could probably create some really impressive stuff in here. Like, there is a lot of depth to this tool set. And, like, I'm going to put more time into it because I, I do want to get competent enough at it that I can see what I can do when it feels a bit more natural and I'm not still learning. Um, the problems I'm having with it right now is it, it's in this weird middle space where I don't know if it's trying to be a serious game creation tool or a tool for beginners. Um, if you jump into the tutorials, the game's tutorials are deathly slow. They talk to you in this kind of patronising voice as if you are a very, very, very young child that they're explaining these things to, and they do everything so slowly that I was frequently several steps ahead and waiting for them to catch up, and I didn't want to skip the tutorials because occasionally they'd tell me a really useful button layout thing that I needed to know. Um, So, like, actually going through the games teaching you how to create is slow and painful. But if you jump into that creation tool just jump in blind and start messing around. It's confusing and overwhelming and there is way too much to take in. Um, for, for the beginners, it's an overwhelming amount of possibilities 
And for the people that know game development, it's very limited in, like, the fine tweaks you can do. You can't export it elsewhere to, like, you know, package it as your own thing. It has to stay within that ecosystem. And maybe if I stick more time in, I'll I'll work out where that who that intended audience is for, but... I'll tell you my problem with that. Yeah. Is... And I'm speaking as a games critic here. I don't create things. That's why I'm a games critic. Yeah. I'm intellectually lazy. If if not completely dishonest and destructive. In, on a societal scale. So I, I very much have very little to contribute to the medium and to society in general. Uh, and to history and art and culture. It's why I'm a critic. So, dreams ain't for me. As someone who has made small game projects before, there are some things that I do want to try and make in this. Like, there is a little game project I've had in my mind for a couple of years, and I don't know if I could do it any justice, but I had an idea once of doing doing, doing a game that mechanically is a first-person shooter. It's someone trying to get out of a war zone. Uh, where specifically the the mechanic I had in mind was don't pick up the gun because if you do, that's probably just going to make you look like a like a threat and that will ultimately hurt you. Um, like I had an idea of like oh first person shooter mechanic but disincentivize pick up gun. Th- this does seem to support the tools to visually make that and if yeah. i can make that work that'll be really interesting because i've had that idea in my head a long time and it'll probably be kind of shit but i'll have at least like done it and there'll be a proof of concept there it sounds very fascinating i mean it sounds like a fascinating intricately put together set of tools that i personally will never have any cause to use i as, as someone that has made things in like i i feel like i'm probably If there is a target market for this, it probably is someone like me. Like, I've messed around with RPG Maker, Twine, Unity, Renpy. I've I've made stuff in tools that are designed to be easy to understand and easy to jump into first development tools. And I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed by this one currently. But also I can see the drastic limitations it's going to have. And I'm confused by it. If I were to try and give it a go, I'd spend five minutes trying to make a superhero game called Fuck Lad, and I'd give up after five minutes. Jim, Jim, do you want me to make try and make Fuck Lad tonight and send you a video of it, if I can make it? It's me! Everyone's favourite superhero, Fuck Lad. Yeah, go for it. I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try and make a character model of you tonight and put it in a, in a game and make the game fuck lad. And I will send you a video of of your video game if I can make it. Literally making dreams come true. That's <laughs> what you're doing right there. Ah, uh, I dressed up like a super hit, well, like a super villain today, because something came in the mail for me and oh, it's made of spandex. The thing arrived. And it's really good. Send me some pictures after after we're done recording. I want I want to see how this look. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I've not got much else to say about dreams. Uh, the only other couple of things like, and to be fair, I've only put like three four hours into it. I'm still feeling my way around, but I would say the it it's sometimes difficult to tell depth of where you're placing an item in 3D space in this world. It definitely like. PlayStation VR support is not in this beta, but ooh, it feels like it's designed to be played in VR so you can actually see depth and tell properly where you're putting things. 
Um, the same for controller support. It has support for the DualShock 4. It definitely wants you to be using uh, the, the Move controllers so you can paint in 3D depth. And See, that's where I'm completely out. I'm not going to buy and lose my 15th set of Move controllers. So it, it, it's definitely doable, but I, I keep playing it going, this wants me to be, to be able to reach into depth. Like that's that's it feels like it was designed for VR first and then they scaled back to make it a not VR, not move controller thing. Right. In some regards, at least my current opinion. They still bring games out for that. They still bring out quite a few games for the old PSVR. I might need to dig it out and see how it's doing. Yeah. PSVR's got a lengthy life ahead of it because we found out this week it's going to be supported on the PlayStation 5 that just got weirdly, like, detailed. Yeah. That that was the whole thing. Just, they did an interview with Wired and were like, oh yeah, here's the fucking tech specs for the PS5. Um, that thing sounds fucking expensive. Oh yeah, 8K. You know, Sony, 8K resolution, I can take it or leave it. Just give us 60 frames per second. That's 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 gonna be much more desirable than 8K resolution at fucking chug chug speed. Absolutely, everyone can enjoy 60 frames per second. A few people comparatively will enjoy 8K. I'm replaying Blood Bloodborne for like the fifth fucking time at the moment, and God, I wish I could play this game at 60 FPS. Yeah. So for anyone who didn't catch this story, the bullet points are that uh, Mark Cerny, who is the big tech guy over at Sony, was basically like, hey, yeah, we're not calling it the PS5. It's the next generation console, but it's clearly the PS5. Uh, it's going to have support for 8K resolutions, ray tracing. It's going to have uh, a huge solid state drive that can make your games load like 19 times faster. And this, that, and the other. It's going to be backwards compatible. It's going to have VR support. Um, honestly, I read that article and multiple times I double-checked the URL to be like, is this one of those spoof websites that, you know, replaces an I with an L to make you think it's wired, but it's wallured uh, and it hopes you won't notice. Like, it read like a fanboy, like, <laughs> excited... I was going to say, it sounds like a, a fanboy wet dream. I'd say the... The thing that proves it isn't fanboy wank is what Gav brought up. If it was mm. fanboy wank, 60 FPS would be the first thing on the bullet point list to get us all excited. Yeah. A frame rate for adults. I didn't even know that 8K resolution existed and I don't need it. I need a 60 FPS. <laughs> that was why that was part of why it felt like a fanboy wank to me was like it's the kind of thing where they'd forget to say 60 FPS because they're like, oh, of course it will. But 8K, that thing that no one has, yeah, it's going to support that. It's the best. I mean, I think the thing with that is that um, they they can't really have control over which developers choose to yeah to make the game 60 FPS instead of having that higher resolution or whatever. Yeah. But they can say this can do 8K. They can't say as a as a flat rule this can do six. Well. They can say it can do, but that doesn't mean it's going to happen. Yeah, the the PS4 can do 60 FPS. I've seen it happen. Yeah. It It's weird, because you read through that, and it reads like the kind of thing that sometimes shows up in my inbox, and I delete it because I'm like, nope, this is too wish-fulfillment-y, this is clearly there is no truth to what this person's emailing me. I don't know if I've ever seen anything in 8K. Like, what, what resolution is real life? Because I've <laughs> seen 4K, and that's really quite good, and I... D I guess it's one of those things like if you lived in black and white times. Uh, not 
I mean, the world wasn't black and white. <laughs> no, you lived in black and white times. Yeah, Chip. Times when black and white TV, you couldn't imagine it getting better than that. And then someone said, what if colour? And then you're like, holy fuck. And then colour, and you're like, I don't know how this can get better. And they're like, widescreen, you fool. And you're like, oh, shit. I don't know if, like, five years from now, I'll be like, 8K is for children. Give me that 16K. I remember being amazed by our 420p DVDs. I, I would honestly rather have um 120 frames than 8K. Like if you're oh, gonna absolutely. if you're yeah. gonna double the amount of work required, double my frame rate. I just don't know how much better looking it can get in terms of resolution. Like I guarantee you, 90% of people who play games would rather have the higher frame rate. Yeah. Well, yeah, all of us can take advantage of that. We can't afford 8K TVs on mass. Even the people who claim that you can't see it, um, they would enjoy the games more. They just wouldn't know why. Yeah, well, you know. the the thing is, like, I that that eight K talking point, I I honestly think is probably more to do with the fact that they're like, hey, we're future proofing. It'll work with the new HDMI standard for if you do get a new telly. Maybe they got mixed up. Maybe maybe that's just the price. <laughs> maybe <laughs> that's what they thought. Yeah, here's the thing. Like, I understand them wanting to future proof, and I'm like, that's fine, so long as we're not going to have to pay a massive premium now for technology that's in there that most of us will not be able to use. That that was the problem the PS3 had. And like, yes. to, to put this into context, most of the shit they're talking about for this PS5 is stuff that high-end, like, thousands of pounds gaming PCs don't do today. Um, Like, ray tracing, that tech is still not common on high-end gaming PCs, 8K 8K resolutions are not common on PC games. Um SSDs that like they're suggesting having an SSD that has low like considerably faster loading times than the fastest solid state drive like that any PC person has. It's they're they're like it sounds like they're trying to outdo the current top end of PC gaming, which sounds ludicrous. Yeah. Like I don't know how they make that affordable, and it it wasn't in the interview, but on Twitter the interviewer did uh, end up sharing a clip of uh, something he cut from the interview. He did ask about price, and the statement that Sony Sony's dude said was, "We think that the price uh, that that people will be you know, um, will find the price acceptable considering the technology." That we are presenting them. With. Ah. It, it's a it's it's a thing that sounded like well it's gonna be cheap dot 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 if you bear in mind that it's the most powerful fucking machine in the world. Yeah, and right now the Xbox One is the most powerful console out of the consoles, and it's the least thing. It's the least yeah. used thing in my repertoire. Sony have had um, a great generation, but they shouldn't forget about the one previous to that. Where where the Xbox was everyone's go-to console. This happens every generation. A company that was on top last time, at least this has borne out the last few generations, the company that was on top last time got really complacent and fucking arrogant next time and fucked up. Yeah. Well, honestly, like we, we saw it with the, the 360 to the Xbox One, the PS2 to the PS3, the Wii to the Wii U. Yeah. Happened with Sega as well. They got fucking too big for their boots. Although I... I have to say there's never been anything quite as disastrously received as the Xbox One original announcement. Like the way they presented that was just atrocious. Honestly, like I think I think for all three of those examples it's the same problem. Like 
The PS2 was riding high on top of the world, 100 million units, everyone had it. They didn't feel like they had to do, like, they had to try. They priced the PS3 way too high and it tanked. Uh, Wii, 100 million units, everyone had it. Nintendo got complacent, released the Wii U, too expensive. No one bought it. Xbox One, same problem. The Wii, the Wii U was also much more... Uh... It wasn't as user-friendly and as casual-friendly. It was also horribly confusing market for the mainstream audience. Like They didn't know if it was just an additional control. When it was first announced, I was there in the Nintendo press conference, like in the audience, and a lot of people were like, because they didn't explain it when they revealed it. They were like, is this just a controller? Is it a system? Is it what? But that's it, it all comes down to complacency and... It looks what here's the thing, I wanna be proven wrong. If this if this console is this powerful and can get in at not much more than the PS4 was at launch, that'll be great. I'll love it. I'll, that's amazing uh, how how great. I'll tell you I'll tell you where they really fucking fail mm. is they start after after several years of a successful console generation, they start thinking it's their brand that's doing it. Yeah. It's the PlayStation brand that's selling. It's the Xbox brand that's selling. No, yeah. you happen to have the best library at a good price point, which yeah. is what most people care about. They don't care on on mass about 8K, about ray tracing, about they want to know, does it have all the good games on it? Yeah. Can I afford it? Not like that PS3 when the fucking head of Sony at the time said just get another job if you want one. Yeah. Literally they said that. Fucking hell. Yeah, just to just to clarify the wording to make sure I'm I'm not misquoting. I did double check the price quote, and it was uh, they want the PS5 to be appealing to gamers in light of its advanced feature set. So that's the specific wording we read into. Do you think all the people that went out and bought a Nintendo Switch give a shit about yeah about the price in relation to how high tech it is. No, they don't. They want to know, does it have good games? Can I afford it? How, how much was the PS4 when it launched? Was it, what, £400, I think? Uh, I want to say around about. Yeah. So, like, look, if this thing's going to be more expensive, we know £400, like, people would uh, were happy to buy into the PS4 at that price. £600 is too much. That's PS3 starting price territory. They got laughed out the room. £500, that's the midpoint. Do we think they can push up to £500? I mean... Uh, they... I tell you what, at £500, they are probably looking at... The, I would say there's potential for that to sell decent. I couldn't see that being a, a mass-adopted thing. Yeah. But then again, you know... Yeah, no, no, I don't. I don't. I was going to say, then again, the way you know prices go up over time. But then I remembered... People's wages ain't going up at the same rate. Yeah. So that's why 400 after all these years, is still a high price. Because yeah. as much as the economy has bumped up the prices of everything, it ain't bumped up our fucking money to go with it. Yeah. So having a look at some recent like console launch prices, um, the, the Switch was £280 when it launched, so that was nearly 300 quid. Uh, the... PS4 Pro right now to buy a brand new one is about 320 350 yeah, I'm, quid. I'm going to have to fucking do that soon. This one's so on the blink. Yeah. And and it the PS5 sounds like it's far enough out that you probably can't get away with just waiting for the next thing. But yeah, yeah I I'd be surprised if this thing doesn't end up 500 quid cuz like that's 
it sounds like it needs to be more expensive than the PS4, but I, I have to hope that someone at Sony remembers 599 US dollars and the ludicrous response they got. Yeah, it's going to be... And, and I think it speaks volumes about how people's finances have not improved along with, with all of the prices in, in every fucking industry, mm. where 599 US dollars still, after all this time, feels like it's too much for the average game-buying customer. Yeah. When they're pushing technology that you would expect to see in, like, a $1,000 machine. Yeah. The the only other use case I can imagine is, are they trying to win over some of the PC crowd? And I don't think that's necessarily a wise move, uh, but... No, that's a stupid move, I think. I, I can see the idea of, because our, our stuff is proprietary it does mean that we can get more performance out of lower tech if we can if we can provide options that pc players right now don't have in an affordable range will pc players pick up a console and the answer is probably no pc players are very pc oriented and they'll be like yeah give us two or three years we'll catch up I want to see a console this good be affordable but uh. if sony's trying to capture the pc crowd I need to sit down all of their executives and say, do you read the news? Hmm. Did you see what happened when they said Borderlands 3 was an epic exclusive? Yeah. People are pissed off about different launches. They're not going to rush out and buy a console. Yeah. That's, yeah. I don't know. It's, I mean, obviously all of this is conjecture and and everything. Yeah. You need to socialize games consoles. (laughs) (laughs) I mean. I think it was a brave move for Sony to come out with, these kind of spec quotes this early. I feel like a lot of, of companies are just trying to prove they don't need E3 at this point. Now they're going out of their way to not just like sidestep E3, but to like have actual evidence that, that, that they don't need big press conferences, which I actually do agree with and like, because this industry already spends way too much money on guff. If, if they can get the same amount of marketing just doing a Wired interview that they can get doing an E3 conference, I'm actually in favour of them not overspending their money in that one. I don't think there's it's even remotely as much publicity because I've barely heard about the PS5. Yeah. I've, I have barely seen it on the Twitter feed at all. And if it was an E3 announcement, you'd be seeing nothing but it. Well... This 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 is the thing is obviously like there's no video conference. It's like they they're clearly trying to get things out there and see what people's response is. But there's no images people can share. There's nothing mimetic yet. That's definitely coming. Well, yeah, I mean that's why it hasn't grabbed so far. They're they're basically doing the press equivalent of an E3 leak. This is the kind of stuff we'd hear in the weeks leading to E3. Just little bits of spec. I I think, honestly, part of it is them wanting to get ahead of potential leaks is, okay, we'll just say what the specs is and we'll show you it later. Because now, like, finding out what... Because people had already been, like, you know, quietly going, oh, it sounds like this is the chipset that's probably being used, this, that, the other. That that way they can get the messaging out and not and be like, no, this is what we're doing. We'll show you it later. Yeah, and it may be that just that we follow different people, Gav, but yeah, this week I've seen nothing but the PS5 specs over and over, to the point where I'm sick of the word ray tracing now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. 
considering that Microsoft are going to be at E3 and having a press conference, I think that this does Microsoft a lot of help. It, it means that they now have two months to tailor their announcement stuff, because it seems highly likely that this is the year they announce and show off the, the, the Xbox 2 or whatever they call it. Sony gave them two months to go, okay, what's our messaging? How do we make sure we sound cooler? Either sound cooler or sound more affordable so we're more viable than the competition. Yeah. It's it's interesting, weird timing for Sony to say this right now because it does just... It gives Microsoft two months to tailor how they want to announce their console. Like They know what Sony's messaging is and it's yeah. probably going to be expensive big box. If Microsoft even fucking come out with a new console. Like, I'm so... Wow. Out of all of the companies... Microsoft is the one I'm most interested in, which is ironic because it's got the console I'm least interested in. But with their, like, getting into bed with Nintendo a little bit, they're pushing stuff for PC as well as Xbox One, they are in the most fascinating position to me. I, I really want to know where they're going next. Here's the thing. Um, if you go back about three months, there was a there was a report. I can't remember where it came from, but the, the report was basically, hey, we're getting two new Xbox consoles announced um, in 2019. One of them is going to be an Xbox One X, uh, One S with no disk drive. That happened. It got announced oh, yeah, and released yeah. like really recently. And that same leak was like, yeah, no, E3 2019, they're announcing, like, the next big Xbox. So it doesn't sound like they're getting out of the the console market soon. And that's weird to me. I wonder if maybe that... I wonder if maybe they're going to do something that is even more linked to Windows, though. Like, something that, that works with PCs even more. Because they just seem... At least this generation, they seem... Not disinterested, but certainly less invested in console hardware than any of the others. Here's the thing. You say that. If you look at their E3 last year, it was a very long-term outlooking E3 for them. They talked a lot about buying up studios. They did a lot of talk of wanting your games to be playable on any device and their streaming plans. Like... They definitely do seem to have a long-term plan to stick in in games. Oh no, yeah, no doubt. I, I, that's what I find fascinating yeah. is they're clearly doing something. Uh, earlier, it, it, like the Xbox One, I still maintain is a bit toss. Yeah, um, and and it might be that they have just been like, yeah, it is. So then they they they're working now to seed the next one. It's just a very interesting position. I'm not saying it to dismiss my no, so far yeah. from it. I I'm more into what they could be doing than uh, Nintendo or Sony because I don't know. I, I couldn't begin to guess at what they're doing and that has my interest. If if they're smart, I think what Microsoft... Like, Microsoft has had very few releases over this last year that have been, you know, particularly noteworthy. They've bought oh, up a lot of studios and we don't know what they're doing. I hope that this year at E3 they're like, hey, this is the new box. Um... Here is all the games we've been working on. Just like we 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 knew that this generation was a bit of a bust. We've just been working on stuff for next gen. Here's here's our plan. Here's a bunch of stuff that you actually want to play. Yeah, I mean like, that was one of my my one of my thoughts was that despite them not having many games right now, um, their their move into Game Pass and their buying up of studios hinted 
a, a renewed interest in get in the development side rather than the hardware side, um, which made me wonder even more about their hardware plans. Uh, so this E three, they could have put the potential to just come out and and open like Phil Spencer just opens up his smart little jacket and it's just lined with games like that yeah. that there's all the potential for that if there's one thing this epic store drama is showing us it's that having the inferior platform doesn't matter if you're getting the exclusives yeah that is that is it almost every console generation has borne that out ps2 not the i think the weakest of of the three main consoles at that time the best one we absolutely on a technological level the weakest of its generation and yet dominated it um meanwhile you know the the xbox 360 nowhere near as advanced as the ps3 kicked its ass probably still my favorite probably had more the most of my favorite games ever that that console yeah well there we go that's what matters ultimately is people want to know where can I play my favourite games? Where are the most fun games? Not necessarily what games look the best, although having good-looking games helps. I mean, it, it's something that can make a, a great game even greater, but it doesn't make a bad game good. And it's not necessarily what people flock out to buy. Fortnite, not the most technically impressive game in the world. Minecraft looks like Lego. Um, so many of the most popular games and the ones that people have embraced en masse are not far from the best-looking games. Some of them actively look like shit. Yeah. I say this every time. I say this every time we hardware comes out. No, you know, it, it's the thing. Yeah, like, the, the, PS, the PS4 was technically inferior to the, the Xbox One and it sold better. The Wii was inferior to its competitors and sold better. Like The Switch... The Switch got Nintendo to bounce the fuck back from the Wii U, and it's... The Switch is apparently still keeping pace with the PS4, like, you know, compared to time between launch and now of its sales. Yeah. It's... It is selling incredibly well, and it's a... It's a HD handheld that you plug in your telly. It, I, I've said it before on this show, like, I think it might be my favourite console ever. It, it's the thing I play the most. Yeah, and it's quote-unquote weaker than than every other contemporary console. I never knew that all I really needed from a console was thing that is portable, but also looks like passes the bar of we've reached the HD era on a telly. Like, if it passes the bar of, okay, it's like, you know, it's reached the PS3, you know, that generation, oh, I can stick on my telly, but it's also a handheld. Fuck yeah, that's that's apparently what I want. It's basically everything I would have liked the PSP or the PS Vita to be. Yeah. Up to and including the fact that the people who make the fucking thing support it. It's everything that Sony was like two generations too early to be. Because like, I think I think if, if around this time Sony had decided, yeah, let's do a handheld, they totally could have done a thing like the Switch. They, and they almost were there. Like the thing I, I always talk about is um, if you look at the Vita... They released that thing where you, uh, the Vita TV, where you could pop your your Vita games up on the telly as well. They very almost had a Switch setup going there, where it's like reasonably reasonably powerful handheld. You can pop your game on the telly and play it up there with relatively little fuss. And I really enjoyed that as a thing. They were so close to the idea, and they were so close to the tech. They just weren't 
quite there. That and 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 they looked with the PS Vita more committed to trying to sell the brand name than than actually making the system itself something worth selling. And it yeah. had great games on it, but Sony's actual support for it. I'll never forget when they made a big song and dance about PlayStation One mm. classics coming to the PS Vita. And most of them, you had to jump through weird hoops to get them off the PS3 onto the PS Vita. The actual digital storefront for PSX Classics on the PS Vita stopped updating after about a week. Uh, It was a bit longer than that, but it was like literally you could measure it in weeks. They had one big update, maybe a second one with with new games on it, and then they just stopped. Well, like, I'm looking at the kind of stuff I've got on on switch like this this is a portable system that's got like mario odyssey on it and smash smash bros that you don't have to really squint at to see and stuff i'm like it's a nice machine i like this i like my switch yeah it's bloody great yeah uh what else do we have in the the, the docket I've lost track. How, how far are we in on time? Oh, we've done an hour. We've we've been talking a while. Um, oh yeah, yeah, we got big on that console talk. Gav, Gav, did you want to talk about Bloodborne at all? How it's been replaying that? Not really. It's still brilliant. Still amazing. Still one of the best games ever made. That's pretty much all I have to say. The people who hate us talking about From Games just breathed a huge sigh of relief when you said not really, Gav. <laughs> I don't want to drive people mad with more FromSoft talk, so yeah. I've been really, really, really enjoying it, and I have to say I enjoy it a lot more than poor old Sekiro. Yeah. Which is a fucking fantastic game in its own right, but just not, it didn't have as much of the magic for me as the other ones. I think that's totally fair. Yeah. I still really wish I enjoyed Sekiro. I still, yeah. I really do. It, 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 it stings that I just didn't enjoy the the type of gameplay it wants out of you. I enjoyed it more than ninety percent of games I play. Still, it's it's really weird because when you say you didn't enjoy it as much as the other ones, that for me it was still an, a a really cool experience for the most part. I found it a really good game that just didn't feel like it had the magic I was hoping for. Like there was that that some kind of quality that wasn't quite there um a couple of very quick bits before we go um you know that new star wars game that's happening the fallen jedi one yeah uh ea has made a big song and dance about the fact that it's going to be a single player story with no dlc no microtransactions no loot boxes no this that the other no in-app purchases aren't they i mean let's give them a medal yeah Let's give them a medal for not doing all the shitty stuff <laughs> that they usually do. <laughs> for making a story-driven Star Wars game like they should have done four to five fucking years ago. Let's, let's, yeah, round of applause for EA. So generous, so philanthropic. Here's the thing, they want, they clearly, they clearly want a gold medal for fixing the problem they invented. Yeah, like, yeah. They, they popularised all of this shit and now they're trying to use it as a selling point that they've not done it in one game. I, th- I tweeted that shit out like the moment they tweeted up, um, oh, no microtransactions, no. I, I said, you invented a problem, you quote-unquote fixed the problem, yeah. and now you just want to sit back and let the applause roll in. Fuck you, EA. I still, you can, you can promise these things all you want. You also said Star Wars Battlefront 2 was going to be the answer to all our prayers after you disappointed the world with Star Wars Battlefront 2015. I don't Trust EA. Fuck EA. Here's, here's the problem. I, I know I shouldn't be praising them for doing the, the, you know, doing the very basic of just undoing the problem that they created. But I can't, I can't help the fact that it kind of worked. I, there is a bit of me that is going, I, I know very little at all about that game. 
I, I'm not excited about generic white boy protagonist that seems bland as fuck, but I'm like, mm, yeah, it's a Star Wars game with no bullshit in it, though. It's a Star Wars game that EA has said has no bullshit in it. Let's yes. Let's clarify that. Yeah. They'll find some way to weasel something in that annoys everyone. <laughs> Here's the thing, right? They might not, but EA has given me no cause to believe that they won't. S- that there isn't a catch somewhere because with EA so far, there's always been one. If it comes out and it's fine, good, but I am not going to be excited or or have any faith in this game until the controller's in my fucking hands and I'm playing it. I initially had the thought of like, oh no, they've made too big of a deal out of it. They can't, you know, put any of those things in now because they've made such a big deal of taking them out. Oh, they can. And then I thought, there is a solution for them. They just come up, all they have to do is come up with a new bullshit type of monetization that is not one of the ones they listed and they're fine. Well, here's the thing. They didn't list, they didn't list season pass and 2015 Battlefront, that was the big problem was they finished the game off in a $50 season pass. Well, they, they said no DLC and I would assume that anything you would get in a season pass would be clarified, you know, counted as DLC would be my thought, but... Right, so what they haven't mentioned is that this game is an hour long and it's $60. <laughs> yeah. Like, that... I'm sure that they they could come up with a new type of bullshit monetization that they haven't explicitly said wouldn't happen. If they'd have said, if they'd have said we're just making a game and we will just sell that game, yeah, that would that would make me less suspicious, but not unsuspicious because EA deserves nothing but suspicion from everyone. You know why I'm not suspicious of this one? The only thing that's making me like let my guard down is the fact that it's another Disney game after how poorly Battle uh, Battlefront Battlefront 2 went cuz but here's the other thing the other just quickly the other thing is even if this game turns out to be really good I would consider that sheep's clothing on the Electronic Arts Wolf that gets us all back in gets everyone all oh, faith restored EA's redeemed themselves then out comes Jedi Fallen Order 2 and all the bullshit's back now that they've got everyone again well i i wasn't going to say fallen order 2 but you've kind of jumped into the point i was trying to make there which was i think that other EA games after this are going to go back to that monetization thing and i think the only reason we're getting this statement on this is because Battlefront 2 had so much negative press. It was the like the rallying cry for we need to um have legislation about loot boxes and it was like it was get that game was getting discussed in like governments. And I don't think Disney wants their name attached to that. I can totally see a world in which Disney said, "Look, you've still got the Star Wars license to make games for X amount of time, but we are not having a repeat of that. We are not having our name attached to that kind of monetization. You just make a video game and sell it. Like, my gut is that that's what happened. And I have no proof for that, but that's why I'm... A little bit of me is confident in this game. There's no way EA's giving up on live services. No. The industry loves that too much. E- everything that's not Disney-owned that EA makes is still going to have live services, I reckon. One... One worry I have with this one is it'll come out, they'll put a massive budget into it. They'll tell investors they expect it to sell millions of copies. It will sell millions of copies, but not 
not quite as many millions as they told investors. It'll sell, quote unquote, below expectations. And EA will use that to justify their previous behavior and say, well, single player's dead, isn't it? Even if it sells like 2 million in 10 days like Sekiro, they'll be like, single player's dead. That's that's something I fear as well. And, and and if you are one of those shareholders in that mind frame, then yes, that is a justification. I mean, that's the other thing. Just not, unfortunately, not for the consumer. Because it all comes back to the idea that as broken as this industry looks, it's running exactly as designed. Regarding the game itself, um, I'm I'm pretty confident that it'll be good because the people who are heading up Respawn are the same people who made the Titanfall 2 campaign, which was amazing. And let's not forget, too, these are the same people who made the Call of Duty 4 campaign, which was fucking incredible. So I think it'll be pretty good. As far as EA Studios go, it's in the best possible hands. You know, Re Respawn, Respawn is a relatively fresh acquisition, which means it's going to be a few years before EA completely buries Respawn. So right now they're fresh and capable of making good games. They're not in the Bioware position. They're making hella dollars for EA right now as well. And they're making lots of money. So yeah, yeah, they've probably got quite a bit of trust right now. Um, I think one day EA will cause Respawn to decay and, and fall apart as it does with every studio it gets its hands on. But right now, right now, they're the best possible team EA has to make this. Um, and it might turn out great and it might be everything everyone wanted. But... That doesn't change the fact that I do not trust Electronic Arts. Yeah. I do not trust them now. If the game turns out to be everything people expected, I still won't trust EA. I have no faith in them. Do we know what kind of game? Is it an action game or is it a shooter? Or, or do we do we have any idea what it is? We, we've been given some vague comments. Um, it's Initially, people were saying, oh, it's going to be like Dark Souls. Apparently not so much. Uh, it's going to be more like a Zelda-ish game. Very like... Oh, wow. Do, do, do the exploration. Get, get things that will help you progress further into the world. There will be like dungeons and you'll have a boss at the end of it that's uh, like lot there'll be like you know lots of lightsaber fights to do and you know oh you went and got this thing so now that boss is easier to handle i have to say that's piqued my interest a bit <laughs> yeah so yeah. i i we've not seen any of that but that's the way that some person working on it described it and i'm like yeah okay i could be on board with that um yeah it's 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 a sort of action adventure combatty zeldery type thing apparently um, sounds good. It honestly sounds good. It sounds good. It sounds promising. Fuck EA. And and even if the game turns out to be brilliant, yeah. I'm not going to change that last point. That's fair. Mm. Um, very quickly, I played some of the uh, Hellblade: Senua's Sacrifice port on Switch. That's a really good Switch port. That 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 is a very good looking, very well running port. The the people who made that did a good job. If you've been meaning to try that game out, the Switch version is definitely not a bad place to try it. Um, and PSN names can finally get changed now, except it's kind of broken. There are several games that if you've changed your PSN name, it, the game just won't work anymore. I swear that's not a new problem. Like I swear they've had issues like that before. That's such a weird thing. They announced it was going to be a problem, and then they actually did it, and it was a problem. And ah, uh, okay. Yeah, it. They announced up front they were like, "Oh, games made before a certain point won't be guaranteed to function properly." And ah, uh, that's what I remember it from. Yeah. Yeah, and and people have been trying it, and they're like, "Oh, yeah, no, like a bunch of games just break." I am uh, so glad that I didn't call my PlayStation profile Miracle of Sound because. 
every other thing I've I've had Miracle of Sound as my username, I've had to change it. And if you see a Miracle of Sound running around, and I get this question a lot, that's not me. <laughs> this, that's not me. And I'm sure this happens both of you as well. Oh, yeah. You get asked, was that was that you I was playing with yesterday on Steam? It's like, no, that it was not me. <laughs> I feel sometimes when my name's recognized in like a, a multiplayer game, I then get targeted extra. Yeah. I then get people really trying to shoot me down in a shooter. I will sometimes... I have, like, I'll usually have more than one account that I play games on, and there will be the one that's like, ah, my name's recognisable in this, that's fine. And then occasionally just be like, no, I, I don't want to have to deal with people. I have the one that no one knows the name of. I'll go play on that one. I just don't play with other people. <laughs> <laughs> I do sometimes. Like, I've had... It's it's occasionally nice to get like I played Tetris ninety nine a while back and some I, I got a tweet from someone being like oh we got such close scores to each other in that Tetris ninety nine and it's occasionally nice. I think I have like six friends on PlayStation. There's like the two of you I'm pretty sure I'm friends with, and then my real life buddy Colin and like that's about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I need to get more people that to to play properly socially with because i do randos all the time well, i've said this i've said this before if you're ever playing an o- like an online game give me a shout i will jump on and play with you i know i need to actually that's that's something i have to give props to um the division two for the process of playing with randos in that game is one of the least annoying uh rando fests i've ever played i don't know whatever way they do it i've had a good experience playing with randoms apex legends is still the top of that for me just how easy and and efficient it is to play without headphones or without a headset is just because you know i i have my anxieties and everything my nerves about talking so it's it's just so good, so well put together, that ping system. Yeah. Uh, on the note of the Division 2, they did have an issue this week where they had to patch out a uh, not very well-hidden homophobic slur that appeared in a bit of graffiti in that game. That was a oh, bit, bit of a shame. Uh, it, it was sort of based off of a, 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 a CD cover, but basically they'd used Gamerspeak to spell a homophobic slur with some numbers instead of letters on a police officer's badge and that that's not great it's gone now thankfully but that that was a that was a thing in that game that somehow made it through to the the boxed game i don't think i'll ever play the division two again i i know i know i won't i i played it for like i played it for like two weeks and then i'm like that's plenty that's enough, like I do with most of these live services. It's just, right, that's plenty. Put it in the bin now. For me, I think it's something I might jump back into every now and again, but like I'm talking like maybe once or twice a year kind of thing because it's a nice... Yeah. For me, it was a nice break after Sekiro to just play a, an easy shooter, you know? Mm. You know what I've been jumping back into lately as well is Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and that's getting yet another update today oh is that the the atlantis thing yeah i can't believe how much story content's been added to this and, uh, and this one you like go down into elysium and everything it just looks like if they're going off the rails with the story which i love <laughs> like we're going to finally meet those uh hang out with those like ancient beings that the whole story is based around yeah. I still need to re-download that, give it another crack. Right. I think the problem is with that game for for a lot of people, it, you just, you do need a lot of free time. It's not a game you can just uh, jump into. They exhaust me 
just these big content mill open worlds, they they exhaust me after a while. I'm just like, I don't turn them off because I've had a fun, satisfying time. I turn them off because I've just gotten sick of them. Mm. I feel like for the next Assassin's Creed, which is rumored to be a kind of a Viking-y one, uh, I think if they, you could even half the content that you had in Odyssey and just have it really good content because because there was loads of good shit in odyssey it was just sometimes hard uh to find the really good stuff behind a lot of the open world kind of yeah repetitive stuff you know because a lot of the missions were so unique and stuff but they were stuff that like a lot of players are never going to find those because they're so busy clearing out camps and whatever well i hope it is as rumored because i know if if anything that I've learned this week, it's that people really want the Viking experience. Yeah, that's a joke for my wrestling fan listeners. Well, they've pretty much gotten the uh, the naval combat down now. That the naval combat for me in Assassin's Creed Three was unbearable, but I enjoyed it a lot in the last couple. It was pretty decent in um in Odyssey. It was alright, yeah. yeah. But then again, did Viking t- like go on big big ships, or did they do kind of smaller? I don't really yeah, know. The big much. Viking long ship, I think, but they were more like raiders, I believe. Cool. Is is that is that us done? I think I think we we run out of steam a bit, didn't we? Basically, this is the live service of podcasts, and <laughs> I just give up when I get tired. <laughs> and I'm sleepy now, and I've got to get. I've got to deal with with this electrician business that's going on because I've got ladders coming out the attic and wires hanging out the wall right now and it's gone really quiet <laughs> so i'm gonna go find out what's up um laura how can people find out the things you do on the computer's internet me, me are the, the things laura k buzz pretty much everywhere twitter twitch youtube all those places uh kotaku.co.uk i i what have i had up there recently some stuff about Labo, a thing about the missing, a uh, uh, thing about Roblox and how not to, you know, steal money from kids. Uh, Dice Funk, it's a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. I'm on seasons three, four, and five. And I got two books. There's Things I Learned from Mario's Butt that is probably going to be out in the late summer. And uh, Uncomfortable Labels, which comes out on July 18th. I got a, a, a an unedited proof copy, like a physical book of that in the post the other day. That was a weird feeling, having a book that I wrote in my hand. Yeah, I saw you you post about that. It must be surreal. It's it's very weird. It doesn't feel real yet. That's like, that's two months. But the, the day you hear this podcast, that book is two months out from launch. Ugh, it's all coming up uh... too soon. Uh, I think that's it. Uh, what about what about everyone else? Gav! You know what, Laura? That's, that's something I miss is, uh, from the days of, like, back in bands when you your only way to sell music was your CDs. I miss having that tangible thing to hold in your hand. Yeah. <laughs> like for musicians, it's unfortunately mostly just not financially viable these days. But uh... it's, it's honestly part of what appealed to me to like trying to write a couple of books is that so much of what I create is on the internet and untangible and like feels really like it's going to be forgotten within a couple of months of it happening mm-hmm. you know to move on to whatever i do next and it's like no it's it's i want to make a thing that's tangible that can forever exist in a physical form on a shelf and go yeah i made a thing that is in the world now yeah i'm reaching level 10 this year i'm going to have to do a best of and do it on cd yeah the le- the least worst of miracle of sound <laughs> Yeah, Gav, where, where, where you at? Yeah. You, you can find the least worst of my stuff on YouTube under Miracle of Sound, and you can find it on uh, 
Uh, sorry, I'm really distracted here. Um, all the usual stuff, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Patreon, if you want to help me pay my bills. Miracle of Sound. There you go. Alrighty. Um, everyone knows what I do. Um, do, if you haven't yet, check out Boston's Favourite Son um, on soundcloud.com slash Boston's Favourite Son or Boston's Fave Son on uh, Twitter. Thank you for sharing my videos lately. I've been trying to get people to, to retweet and share them out more recently. Got a lot of it on the Bioware one last week. Got quite a few on the uh, this week's Gymquisition, which is called A Difficult Subject. This week's one where you went to FromSoft's office with a baseball bat and started smashing up computers unless they added an easy mode. <laughs> yep. Where you literally forced them to add an easy mode. Yep. I was thrilled with that episode. I've I've left nothing off the table in terms of my argument. So anyone talking past it or arguing against things that aren't in the video... I care even less than usual because that's what a video I, I put together and I'm like, I started out not liking it. I wrote it out and I was like, I'm not feeling this script. But by the time the edit was put together, I was like, this is as comprehensive as I want it to be. I'm really happy with it. I, I braved the comments on that video and most of it is like actually pretty good and understanding. Honestly, yeah. Like it's, I think it's like got a 10% dislike ratio, which is not that, that, bad compared to like normally it's it's like four or five percent so it's really not that much um i expected something closer to like when i talked about politics in division two when everyone decided i was demanding that games get political rather than pointing out the games already are and they're trying to hide it um so you know again people just talking past me or arguing things that i never said um but this time there was always a some of that a fair bit of that but yeah most people i think actually watched it and and for once listened to me when i said i i don't care about easy modes in dark souls i'm not demanding them i wouldn't use them i've i've said that almost every three years because that's when this discussion comes up is about every three years and every time i've been deliberately misquoted had it had it um had everything I said around it removed and, and it's been presented as me demanding easy modes. But this time, it seems like like people actually listen to what I said, the words in the sentences, which is nice. Yeah. Um, and that that's it. I think everyone's itching to shoot off now. I, I ended up rambling too much at the end there. So, uh, yeah, let's wrap this up. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for sharing the work, especially my videos lately. Yeah, please do keep doing that because it's really helped uh, bounce the channel back after last year's bullshit. Um, we're on a really nice roll, so please help keep that going. I'm 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 having the same as well, actually. Uh, my YouTube views shot up in the last few months, which is really nice. So thank you, yeah. thank you. I don't know how many people on this podcast listen to my music, but thank you to everyone who is. Absolutely, thank you. And and if you don't listen to his music, do it's good, yeah. uh, and, and circulate the tapes and all that. Yeah, and there's a Sekiro song coming soon. So oh, nice. Nice. People will like to listen to that with their ears. Which they can stop doing with this now. <laughs> uh, bye. Bye. bye.